Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. The Oregon Ducks defense is expected to be very talented this upcoming season. But Kayvon Thibodeau isn't the only guy to know about. Verone McKinley, number 23, is a very talented defensive back roaming the secondary at safety. This past season in 2020, in a shortened year in only seven games, he had 41 tackles, one interception, and three passes defense. Ryan Roberts spoke with McKinley about his potential path to the NFL and his career at Oregon thus far. First, I need to tell you folks about today's sponsor, which is Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win championships, Bet Online has all of the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit their website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome to this Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast. It's an interview edition. You know it's a Thursday, so we're bringing you an in-depth look into some of the best football players in the nation. 2021 NFL Draft is fully behind us now. All the work is towards the 2022 NFL Draft and even some players that might be in the 2023 cycle. So I have with me a young man that I actually wrote an article about before this past season, back during the summer, who I thought was probably, in my opinion, and still in my opinion, was the most talented defensive back in that Oregon secondary that had guys like Thomas Graham and Javon Holland and um, all these great football players that are now playing in the NFL. I have with me Verone McKinley, the third defensive back out of Oregon. Verone, I know it's awesome, man. Getting a little to catch up with you. How's everything been going for you, brother? Good. Just working. Just preparing for the season and getting cranked up. So yeah, man. Good. Yeah, yeah and I, I know we're we're excited, obviously, to get back to what is so much more somewhat more normalcy after this abbreviated season impacted by the COVID nineteen pandemic. I definitely want to get that um, into that a little bit with you, Verone. But before we begin, I kind of want to hate this picture of your journey so far. It was in the article, if you haven't read it, um, back to the summer. But I want to talk to you a little bit about coming out of Texas. Um, highlight a little bit for the listeners out there. What was it about Oregon that set them apart? And just maybe a little bit of a behind the scenes into your recruitment coming out of Texas. Uh, well, the main reason I picked Oregon was because there's so many connections. And I just felt like I wanted to be different. Um, most people thought... I was going to stay close to home or kind of stay within the South. And I was like, I'm going to go up North, kind of the West and be different. And I felt that Oregon was going to allow for me to, to excel in the classroom and excel in my goals in football. And I just felt we have, we were building something, building a dynasty basically. 
And I trusted Coach Cristobal and his staff, and I felt like it was the best decision for me. But when I was getting recruited, I mean, I had plenty of offers or whatever. And I guess around my junior year, I wanted to make a decision before I went to the senior season. So I just be fully focused on trying to win the state championship. So I made some visits out west, like UCLA, Washington, uh, Oregon, of course, and Arizona State. It was different places, but I just was like, I'm going to go with Oregon. And I committed around July with Coach Taggart was here, actually. Uh, so then I stayed through that. And then when he left to go to Florida State, my, Coach Cristobal got the job on my official visit. And I enjoyed everything about the visit. And I went ahead and, and signed. So it's kind of how everything played out. Yeah. And I, I know uh, Coach Cristobal has been you know, building things up, man, to say the least. Some great things happen in Oregon. I mean, Oregon's a proud tradition, but the recruits that you guys are getting, the players, the talent, I mean, it is trending to potentially not only being the year in and year out favorite in the, in the Pac-12, but, you know, a potential power. Can you talk to me a little bit about the, just the, the atmosphere around the program? And now that when you got to Eugene, I have heard that it is a beautiful campus. I unfortunately have never been. So just talk to me a little bit about the culture and the atmosphere around the program over there in Oregon. Well, I guess it, it's just been building up uh, 2018. It was like, okay, we can we can be a good team. 2019 happens, and it was like, okay, we, we missed a few. We messed up on a few games, but we clearly have the talent and ability to take that next step. 2020 is a COVID year, and we, we did okay, but I also feel like it helped, it helped us. It was like a learning experience, and I felt like it, we grew a lot as a team from it. So you got all these guys coming back in this upcoming year, and it's like we have all the pieces. We know what it takes. We know what we need to do, and our work's cut out for us, and we have all this talent. So it's like now it's time to put all the pieces together and and then school and the campus and the culture. I mean, everything about it is 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 fantastic from all the academic help to Eugene just being in a college town. And really, I mean, you're you're the biggest focus here. Eugene, Oregon Ducks is the biggest focus, whether that's basketball, football, anything, baseball. So just I mean, everything about it is fantastic. The weather is super nice, especially like this time. You know, we get weather from 60 to 75. It may get a little hot. And you just do so much in Oregon. We go to we go on hikes, we go to lakes, we go boat in Portland. We there's so much to do. So it, it's I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it's an absolutely gorgeous place. And I I don't want to be super negative with this interview, but obviously I, I do want to touch just briefly on the, the COVID nineteen pandemic and obviously Pac twelve heavily affected. Uh, season got started late. We had an abbreviated season. Just talk to me a little bit about the trials and tribulations and how you felt like you guys were best able to navigate it to the best of your ability. Well, of course, it was really kind of confusing because everything was was we didn't know it was uncertain. Everything was uncertain. Like, are we going to have a season? Are we going to play? Are we not? So that was always the biggest thing. And I felt like it was just on us to really just lock in every day. Like, yeah, we're going to have to test every day. You have to basically you can't go nowhere. You can't go out. You got to just go home, go to school. And go to the practice facility. Other than that, you couldn't do much. So I feel like it just it just made you really sit back and realize what what your goals are and how you can't take this game for granted because it can be taken away from you. And someone like me who felt like I just need to step up. We had guys opt out. There's people looking around for those next next leaders and who's gonna step up. And I just felt to step up with my play and then as well as step up being vocal. So I felt like I just took that step. So I'm just I'm excited to take everything that we learned from last year and to put it into what we want to do this year. Yeah, and I'm really curious to, to – I know you mentioned the opt-outs a little bit, and obviously we had a couple guys in that secondary like Brady Breeze and Javon Holland end up opting out. But I want to talk about just that secondary in general because when we're looking back on I think in a couple years, Rome, we're going to be looking at 
five, six guys, you know, just in the 2019 season that played a ton that are going to play in the NFL. Like it looks like it's, it's in that way. I mean, we had several guys drafted this year. Can you just talk to me how special that room has been dating back to the 2019 season when you guys were all healthy and, and playing a ton together and, you know, just kind of being a part of that tradition that you guys are, are establishing in that defensive secondary. Uh, it was a super competitive room. Um, everybody wants to make every single play. Everybody wants to get targeted all the time and be able to make those plays, those tackles, force fumbles, interceptions, anything. So it was always about competing with each other day in and day out. It wasn't looking down upon people or anything like that. It was like we're going to compete to be the best and the best guys go out there and, and execute. And that was the thing. Guys would be out there, we'd be executing. So it's it's hard to kind of be like, oh, I feel like I should be in when you have five to six guys making plays and, and flying around. So I felt like that that kind of established that competitive culture, and that's what we want around Oregon. We're super competitive and every day you go to practice, you got to compete just because the guys behind you, the guy in front of you, everybody's talented. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one thing that I love about your game is, I mean, I have seen you play a variety of roles to, for the Oregon defense. I love you, especially like playing man coverage in the slot. I feel like you excel at that so much with your short area quickness. I've seen you play on the roof. I've seen you down in the box. I've seen you do a lot of things for Oregon. So can you just talk to me a little bit? Because I know you started out as a cornerback, an outside corner early on in your career. You played some nickel. You played safety, obviously, the past couple of years. Just talk to me a little bit about your versatility as a player and the multiple positions that you've played now. Um, that really just dates back probably to just me growing up. Growing up, my dad was always telling me to be able to play multiple positions because that, that adds value. So being able to play inside and outside, and I trained as a corner always. I would always train as a corner, but I always had kind of the brain to to be a safety. I've always had that football IQ and been able to read concepts and understand coverages, understand where everybody's supposed to be. So just from all of that, I played corner. And since we had guys like Thomas and Demo coming back, and those probably going to be our starting corners, it was like there was another way for me to go to the field was playing nickel because Ugo had just left. He went and got drafted. So I was like, oh, bet I can play the nickel spot. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, then before the season starts in 2019, they were like, we're going to switch you and Vaughn. We're going to switch you. So I was like, okay, so now I'm playing safety. I haven't really done it before, but like I kind of know. And in, through 2019, I got better and progressed with it. So honestly, just being able to do all of that was was super – it's important because being able to do everything, you, you can never lose out. You can't lose a spot. You can always go plug in, get plugged in here, get plugged in there, go play corner, go play nickel, go play safety, be in the box. So just being able to do everything. And I, I would say that that's helped me tremendously, it, just being able to do everything. It adds value, of course, and – there's so many different guys in the NFL I look up to and watch and, and study. So. Well, I think that's a great segue. So can you kind of give the listeners out there, who are some guys that you love to watch a ton and that you try to emulate to a degree? Um, somebody that I really, when I got moved to stage, somebody I watched a lot was Earl Thomas. That's probably one of my favorite players ever. Just Earl Thomas, the ability to, to really just, just make an impact on the game from playing 20 yards deep and being able to get from sideline to sideline, being able to get in the run, being able to come down and cover somebody in man and just to be able to do it all. And that's the energy and the leadership. It's just everything about it that I really enjoy. I like to watch him a lot. And then, of course, there's guys like Tyron Matthew, uh, Kenny Moore, uh, just Minka Fitzpatrick. Those are probably the guys. And Jamal, Jamal Adams, of course. Those are probably like the five guys I watch the most just because they're all they're all different. They all do things that I I want to do. You see guys play in the middle of the field. You see guys being a nickel, playing in the slot a lot, playing different coverages, being able to play man-to-man, be a buzz flag guy, be a, a hook player, being able to do all of those things and make plays on the ball while doing it. 
is why I watch a lot of those guys. So mm-hmm. that's that's the main thing, main guys I watch. Yeah, I, I know that there was obviously a little less of opportunity this year as far as like a volume of snaps with an abbreviated season. But can you just kind of go through a little bit? Because, I mean, 2019 was fantastic. We're talking redshirt freshman year, freshman All-American. Then you're kind of thrust into a, a larger role as far as like a leadership with a couple of those opt-outs. So go through a little bit of your maturation as a football player and what you feel like have been the biggest improvements in your game over the last couple of years. Um, I would say just understand getting the speed of the game down and then my physicality and just my football IQ. Honestly, I feel like those are all just major things, especially playing safety and being further back, being able to play with with depth and to come up and handle the run, handle passes, being able to read the quarterback. What do you, if you try to look me off and also reading linemen, reading heavy hand or light hand, seeing pullers and understanding where that guard is going to take you to the ball. So all of that, I feel like I've just improved on so much. And then of course, my leadership, uh, I just I just feel like the confidence has grown. And, and I, I mean, I just want my respect, honestly. I feel like in this, you don't see my name a lot just because we are at Oregon. You, you hear a lot about KT, of course, and you hear a little bit about Michael, but like, it's like, I mean, I just, I just want my respect. So I feel like going into this year, I'm playing kind of with that chip on my shoulder and, and understanding that what I got to do to really improve and to show that I feel like I'm one of the best out here. And, and I think that speaks volumes for – you know, not only for yourself being able to get a lot of playing time on such a talented defense for the last couple of years, but to lose so many NFL players and still have the guys you're talking about, Michael and Kayvon, who might be top five pick next year, Noah Sewell, freshman All-American, like so many fantastic football players. How special could this unit be, Verone? Because again, people are going to be talking about Javon's gone, Thomas is gone, even though they, you know, a couple of those guys opted out, obviously Brady opted out, like all those guys weren't there this past season. But just so so much turnover, so many guys being drafted, so many guys going off to the NFL. Naturally, you're going to think, wow, can this team reload? Well, when you look at it, I mean, there is so much talent. So how special do you think this 2021 defense specifically can be? Um, I, I think we can be really special. We have a new defense, a new defensive coordinator, some new coaches put in. And I feel like throughout the spring, we, we learned a lot and we grew closer with our coaches. And I think that's the biggest thing, kind of getting that chemistry within the calls and the, and the new, the new terminology. And I feel like when you go through those 15 practices, you get better and better. And that's kind of what we saw is from practice one to practice 15, it wasn't the same from the energy to the physicality, to the understanding mental, the mental side of it. So I think, just this group alone, I feel like we're always striving to be better. A lot of people talk about that 2019 defense. You have Troy Dye, you have Demo, you have Thomas Vaughn, Fab Mac, Austin, all these guys that helped us to lead us to that Rose Bowl victory. And it's like, okay, we always want to talk about progression and elevating the standard and becoming better than the guys in the past that laid that foundation for us. So that's why I feel like this team is so focused because we felt like last year we were better than that. We we did win the Pac-12 championship, but we lost to Iowa State in the Fiesta Bowl and we felt that, that just shouldn't happen in anybody. So we lost to Oregon State. And those losses we talk about, and it's like, this isn't okay. This isn't acceptable. This isn't what we stand for. So I feel like we take all of that into our offseason, into the spring, into back to workouts now, and just putting it all together and understanding the time we have and the discipline and everything that goes into it, put it all together and, and be special. So, And with that defensive change, we were talking about from the coaching staff perspective, uh, can you give me a little insight? You don't have to give too much because obviously I don't I don't want to you know to put out too much information as far as schematics are concerned. But are there any fundamental def- differences that you see for your role in the next defense for the defensive coordinator that came in? I would I wouldn't say that. I think that 
honestly, I mean, football is football. So football is really never going to change. It's, it evolves, but it's not going to become something totally different like that. And so sure. with defense and concepts, things kind of somewhat stay within the same realm. Of course, terminology will change and sometimes the leverage or the depth of it might change. But I feel like at the end of the day, you got to go make plays no matter what the call is. So going out there and making sure we make plays on the ball and getting those turnovers and getting those three and outs and getting the ball back to our offense is going to be huge. And with the, with the new defense, I mean, we have the opportunity to do all of that. And for me personally, I mean, I still get to do so much. You will see, you'll see me in the box. You'll see me lined up on a slot receiver, whether it's a receiver or a tight end, you might see me coming off the edge. You might see me deep in the post or playing a half. So Really being able to, I can still every do everything and be versatile and and have that impact on the game from basically all three levels. So. And was there was there ever a decision on your mind to be made this off season? Because I know you were draft eligible for the first time as a redshirt sophomore. Was there ever any thought to potentially leaving Oregon early, or were you always a full coming back for twenty twenty one? I mean, I was pretty much fully coming back for twenty twenty one. Honestly, I felt like we have unfinished business regardless, but it, it was definitely to come back another year. I feel like there's some stuff that I could clean up and improve on and do better. And of course you want to win a national championship and with everybody coming back, I was like, I don't, yeah. So it wasn't really a decision to be made. I was coming back to school. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I know with that extra year of eligibility, I mean, you could be a 2022 guy, you could be a 2023, 2024, whenever that happens for when I kind of just want to focus on this next season. And for you, you talked about unfinished business. What are some things, obviously let's hope for a more normal season. From a individual perspective, from a team perspective, what are some things that you want to accomplish heading into 2021? Um, honestly, uh, it's about a national championship, winning the Pac-12 championship, winning the, going to the playoffs, winning that game, and then winning a national championship. And then for myself, I want to win the Thorpe Award and be first team, first team All-American and the first team All-Pac-12. Those are like my three personal goals. And I feel like everything, all of those are attainable. I, I fully believe it's all attainable. So it's just a matter of being able to make those plays week in and week out, taking one game at a time. And, and I think that's, I think it's all on the table. Like there's no team this year. I feel like there's so many good teams in college football this year that it's going to be so exciting. you got fans probably back in the stadiums. Everybody got a full, full year to prepare than compared to last year when everybody was at home. Not, not sure. So, I mean, I'm just excited, honestly. Yeah, nah, and you definitely should be. I know Oregon fans are probably super excited. And I, I do have one more question after this one, but thought I saw something on Twitter about, uh, do you have your own podcast? I don't know if you want to shout out the podcast for a second if you want. Definitely. So I'm in elite, the Elite Media Group. Um, it's a full of journalists, students, guys like myself in the group. And we're just trying to just, you know, be like kind of like ESPN Bleacher Report, make our own thing. But I do have a podcast with two, uh, two other guys, JT and Trevor Trout, and it's called Check Fade Podcast. I mean, we did it all the whole season, every week, and we're just building on that. Of course, I have aspirations to to do broadcasting uh, after football and, and to be in that room. So I just felt like starting early. I don't say anything too crazy on there, but just kind of giving our opinions and thoughts and just getting that practice, you know. So yeah. check that uh, out, Check Fade Podcast. Absolutely. For all the listeners out there, you should definitely go check that out. I know that's probably going to be it. If I know anything about Verone McKinley, it's that it's going to be a great, uh, great product because he is a very studious young man. And the last question I have for you, Verone, is whether it is next draft cycle, the one after, whenever it is that you ultimately do make that jump, just how much of a blessing is this opportunity for you to be a professional athlete going to be? And when did this start for you as far as when was it a dream for the first time? Um, I mean, honestly, since I was probably like 
five years old, I've always wanted to to be in the NFL and just to see that all the work that I've been putting in and making all these plays and just over time being able to kind of see it start to come to fruition is fantastic. And I understand that I'm still trying to get better every day. I know I still have work to do. I'm never satisfied. And I always know that that it, it doesn't stop there. Even when you do get drafted, it's like, okay, now it's time for another. You got another goal. And that's the thing about it. Once you accomplish something, there's always something next. So, and of course, it, it'd be I'd be tremendously blessed and super excited, but the work's not done yet. So the goal is to be a Hall of Famer. So I love it, man. Until, love until, it. Done, until I get my until I get my stone in that, I feel like I, I didn't fully do everything. So I love it, man. I love it. Set big goals, and I know Oregon fans alike, college football fans alike, NFL draft fans alike are going to get get to know this young man very much. Very much in the future here. Verone McKinley the third defensive back out of Oregon. Verone, appreciate it again, man. You picked a little bit of time. This was fantastic being able to catch up and then uh, kind of clue in the fans into one of the next great safeties coming out of Oregon. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Thank you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.